Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Jasmine. Yeah? This is called The Dopeness. Okay. Great quality content that motivates, inspires, and intrigued me as a chef and content creator. Man, sometimes it's refreshing to hear discussions about other things around or outside the kitchen. Thumbs up, five star everything. Wow. That's from Mikel Anthony. That's a review? That's right. That's a, that's a review that's on nice. our iTunes. That's nice. Ooh, look at that next one. It says, Richard and Jasmine have a cool chemistry and great energy. That is true. We've we been married cool for many chemistry. years. <laughs> That's uh, right. Thanks, and Chef I'm, Ted. I'm, I'm glad we keep it together while the mics are on. That's the only uh, time. But those are two reviews that happened this week. Cool. And listen, everyone, it really helps the podcast when you go over to iTunes or go to Podcast One if you don't have uh, an iPhone and write a review and subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Grab your friends to do it. It helps algorithms. Even uh, if you wrote a review before, I think you can update your review and say, hey, guess what? We still love this show. Yeah, which I love, cool. which is what someone else did there. It's like, yeah. this is the second time in three years. It's been three years almost. So drop us another review if you have to. Find a friend. Uh, we are doing things the right way. And uh, it enables us to do things like this. Jasmine. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Miller Lite. Did you know that Miller Lite was the beer that launched the light beer category? Miller Lite's the original light beer. And from the start, it's never compromised on taste, just like starving for attention. That's because it's always brewed to have no more uh, than 96 calories, only 96 calories and 3.2 grams of carbs. Miller Lite, hold true. Now back to starving for attention with Richard Blaze. You know what else has been true? Um, A true friend. Who? C.J. Jacobson. That's right. He is this episode. uh, We joined C.J. You may know him from his amazing restaurants that he has in Chicago. Uh, More than likely, you also know him from a little television show called Top Chef. Oh, yeah. I've heard of it. That he competed on a few times, starting with season three, came back once or twice, and then actually won a little show called Top Chef Duels. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean little show in stature. He won Top Chef Duels. So he is a Top Chef champion. Uh, and has a, a one of the people that in the game of Top Chef, uh, for me, has always been uh, incredibly like fun and inspired. Similar to like Carla Hall, when I first met CJ, I was like, there's no way I can match this guy's charisma mm. and personality. Like he's funny. Like yeah, he's engaging. He yeah, yeah, definitely. When, you, when you're around him, you know like there's a, there's a, there's a star that's, uh, there's a personality that's shining a little bit brighter than yours. And when I say yours, I mean mine. Right. You, you're, you're like drawn to him like moth to a flame. Kind exactly. Of yeah. Part of it might be, and I never asked this question in the, in the I uh, had it written down. Okay. And it's, this is going to get very Chris Farley SNL when Chris Farley plays the interviewer who's doing like the press junkets for movie stars. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like, you might be drawn to him because he's so incredibly tall. Yes. <laughs> so like Chris you're really Farley, tall. You're, you're, you're really tall. Yeah. <laughs> how, how cool is that? Right? <laughs> like that's, that's that the Farley's trying to do. Yes, yes, um, yes. And I don't get into it, but I, I was just thinking about this. This is, you know, and I've been listening to a lot of Malcolm Gladwell. What was as the well. question you were going to ask? The question you're I'm really going to ask tall? you. Here's oh, the okay. question, and, and this is go. I've been listening to a lot of Gladwell and Freakonomics. Those are podcasts that sort of like are my favorites, right? Uh-huh. Um, so this is more of a you know, 
an economy type of question. Okay. But when you're tall, people will tell you you're tall. Yeah. Like it's something that people have no problem being like, yeah. you've played basketball before. Right. And you, I know like yeah. we have a tall friend who's yeah. in that 6'5 to 6'8 It's category. a conversation piece, definitely. But people have no problem with it. Whereas if you're very large or very tiny or very skinny even, right. it's much less of a automatic conversation piece. There's yeah. a social okayness yeah. with it. True. And you're much I think uh, there's more probably the not much you can do about being tall, maybe. Um, or But being short would be a right. similar sort of thing. But I think um, being tall is looked at as a positive attribute. Whereas if you're mm. a man and you're very short, it's not yeah. something. No one's going to come up and be like, hey, little guy. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. like I've been around CJ plenty and... Uh, that picture uh, you guys took looked like a funhouse mirror picture, the two of you. <laughs> right. So like, you, you see it. So like it's something that just comes up and we, I'm glad we don't get into it in the, yeah. in the podcast. Yeah, he probably but I did gets want to into it all the time. Right, of course, 100%. How right? And again, we have super tall friends. Six five, six eight. Six, right, nine? exactly. Oh, I'll tell you. Was, yeah. Seven foot? Or I got nine? an uncle. Yeah. I got an uncle your size. <laughs> exactly. There is one side of it, though, that we didn't get into it. When you're tall, and we had um, uh, 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 one of our chefs that was that tall as well mm. in one of our systems. Ooh, yeah. Like, Hard to fit in a professional kitchen. Right. right? Yeah, they're, so, not, like, they're not made for you. Right. So like, it's one thing to be like, I can't reach the top shelf, which right. I can't reach all top shelves. <laughs> but it's another thing to be like, I have to duck under an exhaust system. Right. Like, I remember that chef at, at Juniper and Ivy. Eric have Schultz. To, like, tuck his body down and up into the, right. like into the hood. It was crazy. You got to start learning how to walk in a different way. Yeah, um, I bet, yeah. Now, the thing about CJ, though, is there's so many more things to him than just being an incredibly tall person who was this is true. on the track of being uh, an Olympic volleyball player, this which we true. get into it very much. Um, but what I'm really motivated by when it comes to CJ is the evolution and sort of the... Uh, like almost like zigzag to the top mm. trajectory. Oh, kind of like like you thought you knew where he was going and then all of a sudden he was kind of like, no, I'm actually going to do this instead. Mm. De- I mean, definitely in one way. Yeah. And, I, and I mean this both both in his like personal and professional life. I'm not like incredibly close with him. So when I say personal life, it's not like we're like texting every day or like right. sharing each other's journals and diaries. Should be. Um, we, right. <laughs> I could learn a lot from him. But what I've noticed about he was always that sort of charismatic, fun-loving, celebrity chef space sort of guy. Right. Um, was always a very talented chef. But then did something that you don't see happen a lot with people who go on reality shows. Okay. Contestants on cooking shows especially. Mm-hmm. He sort of took this lateral step and went to Noma to like just work as a cool. you know, cook and end up, ended up in their research lab. I would... I would th- I don't know if I would call it a lateral step. I'm prepared for you to say that. All right. I'm prepared for you to say that. When I say lateral, I don't mean by prestige. Obviously, he's going to work for one of the best restaurants, if not the best restaurant at the time in sure. the world. Absolutely. So that's an right. amazing thing he's to like go do. He's kind of like doubling down on the culinary cred. Right. right? But yeah. a lateral step most likely in pay, a lateral step most likely in what the exposure is of a celebrity chef who... Uh, was on a very popular game show, Top Chef. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, what I'm saying is it's hard. Like, yeah, you're going to work what for... What year did he go? Do you know? I don't know the year, but he's in the Noma, the book that had... The little book that's yeah. like the yeah, R&D yeah. kitchen. There's yeah. pictures of CJ in that, which are amazing. Um, but I, what I'm saying is it's hard. And I get lateral in financial and, and, and celebrity chef exposure only, yeah. right? Because uh-huh. you're, you're not the boss. Really, what I'm saying is... Anyone who's taken a position where you're, you are the boss, mm-hmm. you are calling most of the shots in your life, and then you're going to not be the boss. Right. I think that takes a, a certain personality. Sure. 
uh, well, to... I mean, to go study under the best restaurant in the world. I mean, I, I you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I just think it's like, I, I get Do it. You... And I also think like, I don't know what year it was, but you know, the celebrity chef thing is not a guarantee coming out of Top Chef and everybody knows that and not everybody, everybody wants that path. A lot of people really don't want that path, right? So you have a good amount of people that come out and, you know, are like, I want to use this to, to be a better chef or to write a cookbook or to open a restaurant or, you know what I mean? So well, some of it could have been that. 100%. And right. you're absolutely right. But I mean, I bet you if you looked at the 150 people at this point who have competed on that show or the dozens who have competed on Food Network shows with longer arcs, right? Mm-hmm. This can't happen to someone who just goes on one or two episodes right. of like a Chopped. Um, I think it'll be, you'll, you'll be hard-pressed to find people that have taken that step. So I think it just shows an incredible commitment. And then what happens? If you're a young cook listening to this, what happens when CJ makes that lateral step from maybe doing an appearance and getting paid for it, doing some more commercialized sort of stuff? He goes to you know, work under one of the best chefs in the world right? It's probably somewhat physically hard. Of course, we know how that is. Mm -hmm. He comes back and then he wins Top Chef Duels. Right. He comes back and then that win from Top Chef Duels propels him to get these these types of positions that he has right now with Let Us Entertain You, which is a massive group in Chicago. Another thing where like working for a big box restaurant group. Yeah. Like you got to check your ego sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And I was always impressed with CJ for making these moves, even more so after this podcast, That's cool. Jasmine. That's awesome. Uh, his evolution is, is pretty special. So I think people are going to enjoy this episode. You know what else is pretty special? What? Uh, we got to see The Lion King. We did. Less That's than right. 48 hours from recording this right now. That's right. Uh, it was like the opening, opening night, opening day. Something opening like that. day. Yeah. That's how yeah. uh, Family Blaze rolls. That right. You got us tickets for the opening day. <laughs> not the Hollywood premiere. We don't, no, we don't roll like that. that. We're not that but cool. first day, first show, 10 a.m. matinee set. Totally. Uh, and the most... Interesting thing. Well, that's that, that's actually not a good commentary for the movie. One, the movie's great. You got to go see the movie, right? Yes. Seth Rogen destroys it. They all destroy it, but I thought you Seth just, Rogen. You just have like I'm a, a crush yeah, on Seth Rogen. I have a crush Rogen. on Seth Rogen. I mean, Glover. he did good. I'm not like, but yeah, I mean. And Glover and Beyonce. Beyonce. I mean, let's be I mean, honest. Come on. Yeah, but anyway. Be ridiculous. Rogen and Pumbaa. It, it, it works. Yes. Um, but Billy the, Eichner. <laughs> absolutely. Right. Uh, his partner, like the partner though. They, they killed yeah. it. Okay. Um, but the one of the previews was this uh, kind of commercial. So, Go ahead. Yeah, it was a commercial for, it, and it was shot in that you know way that a lot of companies now are doing, where the commercial is kind of like funny, breaking the fourth wall a little bit, like a, and, and like you can't really tell if it's like a serious commercial. Is it going to be a joke? Is this real? Is it not like Old Spice? Picture Old Spice commercials. Yeah, it's, it's, it's me like a parody kind of, of like an old Kool Aid commercial. Right. right. Yeah. Hey kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but this one was for. KFC mm-hmm. for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay, but but more to it. they're doing a little brand mashup with Cheetos, mm-hmm. and it turns out this is actually real. <laughs> Which even through the whole commercial, I still was like, "This isn't real." You thought this, this was is like fake. A, like I a, thought it a was mid eighties SNL fake commercial joke. I thought it was going to cut to I, not one. I have no clue what, but um, yeah, it's a uh, KFC. Cheetos chicken sandwich. Basically, it looks like a chicken sandwich with Cheetos on it. It's hot Cheetos. Hot is it? Che- is it hot? I don't. I don't know. I it looks pretty get hot. It hot. You should be able to but get it hot. It seemed to me like. And it's then like, there's a Cheetos sauce too. Mm. I don't know if you missed that part in I the commercial. Think, so then it's got to be hot Cheetos, doesn't it? I feel like I feel like this is KFC's so. answer to the the Nashville hot chicken sandwich, which we all know. Me personally, Possibly. that's a very very popular thing. Yeah. And uh, it's crusted in Cheetos with a Cheeto sauce. Yeah. Now, what's your take on it? Because I have one that's pretty specific. 
um, well, after gross was my first mm-hmm, take. Even mm-hmm. our kids who like, they like junk food. And, and they love Cheetos. And they love Cheetos. Love Cheetos. We're like... Cheeto heads. Gross. Yeah. So... Yeah, pretty gross. I think it would be my definitive like yeah, okay. final take on it. What's my yours? take on it, and you know, of course, I agree with you almost all the time, but not in this case. Oh, no. This looked absolutely delicious to me. Really? This is a perfect brand mashup to me. This is the hot chicken and hot Cheetos and crusting. It's not a hot piece Cheetos. Of, I have news for you. It's well in my they mind. It's they hot missed Cheetos. on that one. They That's why the KFC needs you in R and D. Obviously, well, hit me up, <laughs> Yum Brands or whatever it is. But. Uh, I thought this looked really, really delicious. This made me want to go buy a, a, really? a, a Cheeto-crusted chicken sandwich or do it with a piece of fish. And uh, next time I get to compete on one of these uh, Food Network shows, look for me to have When's a corn... When's the last corn... time you had Cheetos? It's been a while. Yeah. But I think that's part of it too. I'm right. like, Cheetos, you got some nostalgia I want some in there. Cheetos. Yeah. Um, which, made, which then triggered my mind to go here. One, I'm a kid, grew up on fast food. I, I worked in fast food. I still, even though I'm not eating a lot of it, I respect it. Mm. Um for what it's been able to do, providing food on the cheap and, sure. you know, yeah. com- comes up with some pretty interesting flavor mashups like this one right here. What is your favorite all-time uh, fast food marketing dish, you know, limited time only, special mashup or something like that? Mm. Oh, special mashup. Does it have to be a mashup? No, like it another could just brand be something or? that's like a hot, you know, like or, or, or an item from a fast food restaurant that might not be on the menu all the time. Or I guess it could be on the menu all the time. Well, I mean, I think like the, the crowd favorite on that one is the McRib, right? That one has just like tons of following for, for its limited availability, right? I... <laughs> I mean, when you say the crowd's favorite, you might just be thinking about me. You don't have a, I think you don't roll with a lot of people that are big fast food heads. That's true. So your, your crowdsourcing here, it might just be me. Um, so saying the McRib is true but that's because not I mine. have written down here McRib. But listen, that's not mine. Okay. Because I'm from Florida. Yes. Mine is when uh, Taco Bell did the Dorito shell. Amazing. <laughs> See, I love this idea of like, especially when it comes to a shell or a coating for chicken. Right. Like Doritos and like, I know, again, some people probably thought that was gross. Probably, but it's a little closer, I think, probably than putting Cheetos on your sandwich. Oh, but I, just, I guess it. Hey, I get, I get a it. fish taco with Cool Ranch Dorito shell. Yeah, okay. And caviar on top of it. Okay. Because I like ranch dressing just and caviar. do that next time. Bottle Rock, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to break a world record doing <laughs> yeah. it. The biggest fish um, taco. Uh, when we first met, it was the time that I remember... I really, really was embracing fast food yes, in my life. you were. I yes. ate five. In your mouth. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. When I say embracing, I yeah. mean embracing <laughs> it in my mouth. I ate five McRibs back to back to back to back to back. That's disgusting. You know like, what? That's like your salt for like a month probably. Who knows how many calories. Oh, but yeah. like there, it's limited availability. That's true. So like when, when, when it was available, I ate as many McRibs as I could. You know what another one is? And we're, it's obviously, it, now it's turning into like, it seems like a McDonald's commercial, but the Shamrock Shake. Oh uh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one too. Because it, like what flavor is it? I'll tell you what. I, I, I probably got one like in the last three years, just like I think with our kids or something like that, just as a little bit of nostalgia something's changed oh <laughs> like, definitely i don't think i've had it since i was like eight or nine so like something in that you know 30 year yeah. difference something changed i still <laughs> and i don't know again i haven't had one since you know probably the 80s but yeah. uh i don't know what flavor it is it's not mint i don't it think is it's more mint it's now. minty now okay now it's mint i think it used to be like just a, a heavy vanilla with just like green vanilla yeah, it might have just been green <laughs> vanilla. Like that might have been it. But um, yeah. But all of these brands do one thing, Jasmine. You know that they have to to know that they're going to roll out the McRib every spring mm. or whatever it is to do Shamrock. 
uh, shake on St. Patty's Day, whatever it is. Right. They have data and analytics. Absolutely. And I bet you they should be using Upserve. I bet you they should. Uh, Upserve, as you know, we've been talking about it, is a POS system. It can help you make your restaurant wildly successful because yeah. you could look at data each and every day that says, yeah, we sold <laughs> this many say. pork belly sandwiches. I'm not even right. going to say the uh, branded version of it. Okay. I'm not going to say McRib. I'm okay. just going to say that by using Upserve, you can look every day and say, we sold X amount of pork bellies. We sold this amount of swordfish right. chops. Right. Um, and then you can make menu decisions based off yeah. of all these analytics. We clearly need to make a pork belly chop sandwich. <laughs> Mix them all up together. We'll crust it in some sort of Something. fast food exactly. uh, funyuns. Yeah. Oh, funyuns. We could do something No one's like touched funyuns. I haven't done it's I've, true. I've used to do beef tartare with funyuns. That's funions. true. You this did. Is, this is classic Richard Blaze from way, way back. Um, but Upserve really en- uh, enables you to dig into these analytics. Right. Specifically, I'm just looking here at one of the restaurants that we consult on. And right here, it, it's telling me that business was up 3% this week. Right. right? It's great. Uh, I can go back into it. It's telling me that, that there were... 34% new guests this week hmm. in the restaurant, which is an incredible stat. Yeah. Now, really good to know that there's 34% new guests, right. but that means that there's also 66% right. guests that have been in the restaurant before. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that Upserve enables you to do with these analytics is to also then help find guests that are regulars. Man, I mean, weren't we just talking about this the other day of like, sometimes when you just, when you frequent a restaurant a lot, you just want a little like nod from the people there, right? You just want a little mm. like, hey, thanks for coming back again. You know, exactly. you just want a little like, see you next time. Hey, we'll see you again soon. Yeah. You, you just want one of those. And like this totally would give managers, waiters, anyone that's touching that table a chance to say, oh, hey, thanks for coming back in. Or, you know, thanks for coming by. Or, you know, everybody wants to be like a uh, norm at Cheers. You Absolutely. Know? Quick sidebar here. I wish, and Upserve wishes this too, I'm sure, that Starbucks was using Upserve. And here's why. Why? You know that I have a coffee addiction. Yes. You know that I have no problem dropping into my local Starbucks, like, I don't know, every day that twice I'm in town. Twice a day, yes. Sometimes twice, most of the time, most twice days, a day. twice a day, yeah. Uh, Ashley still asks me my name. <laughs> I know her name. It helps that she has a name tag. Right, that does. But yeah. Ashley, and this isn't because I'm, I'm like a celebrity chef or anything. No. This is because I'm in the restaurant twice right. a day. Right, you're there if, twice a day. Yeah. If, if Ashley had access to Upserve, right. she would know that some dude named Richard yeah. is there twice a day, and then she wouldn't ask me what my name is every single time. I'm, it, it's really starting to hurt my feelings. Really? I think Ashley's doing it intentionally. Maybe Starbucks sort of, will get Upserve then. Just, I think so. I think they need to. I don't know how it would work for them. Do you think exactly, Ashley's just trying yeah. to like, like keep a, like the upper hand? I think Ashley's me? probably just trying to keep saying. That's She's all. just doing a job. Like, she sees why, a lot of why fill okay. a lot of information in your head if you Sorry don't Sorry to blow to. up your spot, Ashley. But if you had Upserve, you would know that I was a regular guest and I was one of those people that's there twice a day. Uh, there's also Upserve Workforce. It helps you uh, help, uh, of course, uh, it helps restaurant uh, guests, people that are regular, save money each month. It's amazing. Uh, there's uh, Upserve. Uh, it helps you uh, inventory. You can help out with your inventory. Right. Uh, it helps with scheduling. So basically, I've been saying on the podcast that Upserve sort of acts as a sort of junior manager. Totally. Which, uh, quite honestly, you're paying for the service, but you're also uh, probably not paying as much as you would. I'd like uh, to have an AI junior manager. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, you know what we knew? They just need to do like Upserve for the household. Yes. <laughs> I think that would work really, Definitely. really well. Uh, there's over 45 integrations in the Upserve marketplace. You can make the most of your POS with experience enhancing integrations. Uh, and I think it's really the one-stop shop for you. 
Uh, there's also that table side POS that we've been talking about, love but that. upserve, love right? that, love yeah. that. You can place- and, and you know what? Hey guys, they're bringing you this podcast uh, as one of our great sponsors. So yeah, so maybe just hey, you know what? Uh, go get an upserve POS system <laughs> just because they are a sponsor to Starving totally. for Attention. And what you can do there is pretty simple. If you want to learn more about upserve and save one thousand dollars on a new POS today, visit upserve.com/starving. That's upserve u p s e r v e dot com slash starving for $1,000 off on a new POS system today. You know who else has a POS system, but I don't know what brand he's using? Mm. CJ Jacobson. That's right. He's up next. Thanks for inviting me in so uh, early in the morning there. This is not early. This is not early? Okay. That's good. I was, you never you're, know when you're, you're like... Early riser, right? I'm pretty much very, very, very early, but you're, 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 you'd, you'd normally be in the restaurant at uh, the 9 a.m., 8 a.m. hour. Um, more and more, yeah. Actually. Yeah, are we going now? Yeah, we're good. We're we're good to go. We're on right now. We're live. Yeah, we just this is raw. Like I mean, Shit, I don't know it. if you, if you noticed when I when you uh, when you found me downstairs. We were like, already like rolling. A, no, no, oh. this is a, I, I did have actually the uh. Instagram. I was gonna get you open in the elevator, really, but I haven't seen you in a, in a hot second, so I didn't want to like be like, oh, this dude. Well, from now on, you can always do that. Yeah, I, I like. It's I know. Available. Like, I know that the CJ I knew like years ago would yeah. be game for like a, a, some fun and games. Yes, but I was like, I just don't want to. I didn't want to alarm you so early in the morning. I'm always down for hijinks. Um, yeah, I was a early man. I had to get some miles in. You did. No, no, what you, oh, no okay. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not running. <laughs> well, you're, not, you're an I'm, athlete, though. I, like, no, I, mean, I was. So, I was. That was what makes it so much harder to be not in that shape anymore. Where, you say you were though. Like, I mean, how do you know, when do you, like, uh, your athleticism. Well, you can't, like, jump 25 inches in sand or, like, Rah, okay. or, like, run around or, I don't know. When you can't, it's hard to do that stuff for a long period of time. Well, I think we, when you say also, like, you were an athlete, though, that, that, it's like, you're acknowledging the fact. Yes, I'm acknowledging that, that things have changed. But you're, you're, you were, like, a serious, serious athlete, though. I mean, your, your volleyball my, skills were, were at what level? Um, I was on the U.S. team. I wanted to be in the Olympics. Right. So I trained with them like um, like the summers of college. Yeah. And then um, I was on the national team, but I wasn't like that. I wasn't like good enough really to make like the, the Olympics. I was still good. I mean, right. I was there. Yeah, you were on the national team <laughs> yeah. though. Like this is. But I mean, there was guys. Like, it wasn't like a heartbreaking. Like, oh man, I got robbed. I, I, like the guys that made it above, like over me, um, they were very good. Right. I remember my um, my coach said to me like, Chris, I. Uh, I think your defense is pretty terrible. <laughs> nice. Like, uh, I'm like, I agree. You know? Right, right. So then I played in Europe, and that's really where I started loving food. Okay, so like, so you're you're a sport uh, trend that they it introduced you to beautiful food yeah. in Europe because you're playing for the you're on the national team and to some level. Yeah. Which, by the way, like you say this, this is I'm having this conversation right now with my two girls who are young and like just watch the U.S. Women's National Team. Nice win a world cup right? right their fourth world cup yeah and and they're like we want it that's what we want to do right and like, we're starting right. to have these conversations about like scholarships right but How it's old are they now 11 and 8 okay right but it's right so it's like an interesting time like they don't what is yeah. a scholarship but it's it's you know, especially interesting to be a girl alive today at 11, 11 and 8 oh i mean gosh. you know as we go for the the better and better right as we go forward um but like it's kind of hard to have that conversation like you don't understand that there's you know 300 other women right 
that are like right at the level of yeah. making that team. Yeah. Like it's kind of what you're saying, I think. Yeah, there's right? like, like there's like 48 fullbacks that were right there for that one position. Right. Like, and you're like, what is the difference between, you know, one player who never even touched the grass during the World Cup? Yeah, exactly. Versus the next 300 girls. Not that, I mean, yeah. there's just lots They're of talent. money. I guess what I'm saying is like, that's, I'm like blown away that you were like, in, you know, in I mean, on the national think team. about it that way. I just like, you just try hard. It was, Kind of like an easier time in my life, like because it was the structure was all there. Uh, I mean, yeah. my, my, my brain's like, like processing is left to me, then it's not as efficient. Right. But it's like, here's your day wake up at seven, go to the training room, then go here, then do plyometrics, then train for four hours, then eat lunch, then go here. Then, like, I can succeed at that because then you just plug in trying as hard as you can. Right. And you go, go, go. Mm. It was the same thing in college, I went to Pepperdine. And it was very, very, you know, the coach had been there for like, you know, 15 years and he was very John Wooden-esque and the system was there, right. you know, I think that might be part of the reason that I ended up coming to Chicago now mm. that I think about it. Cause I was wondering how we we're going to bring that up. Like what, how'd you arrive in Chicago? Yeah. You're a California boy. Look how tan you are. Look right. how handsome. Why, well, why, why? Certainly. Why? Certainly. I'm just kidding. Not as tan why? anymore. No. Just, just I know. to be clear, we're not doing yeah, video yeah. here. We're but, no video, but not yeah. that tan. I'm really, Handsome always. Yeah, totally. Right. I'm really not that tan. Um, but so it was something. It's actually on that. I was on a uh, Top Chef shoot when we were doing uh, duels. Yeah. Like the finale, or not the finale, but earlier on, I had a friend named Jeff Meehan, which we'll get into like later because he has the split thing. Um, but uh, we were just talking about, you know, what do you want to do in your life and yada, yada. And, you know, where you where you headed? And I'm like, I don't know. And he kind of started talking about lettuce. And I knew, like, it's been around for a long time, very profitable, very organized, very systematic. And I think that subconsciously I need to do something that I wasn't good at. I was fine creatively. But I think I've had this thing in my head, like, head always that sort of, all right, this is what's good for you. Somehow it leads me to this, like, on a good path. Right. So I think I got kind of so lucky. the structure of athletics and being like in a system, yeah, was an appeal to to be part of a large, massive company, yeah, that dominates Chicago <laughs> and more, right? I mean, I it's, guess I mean like that sounds really sad, but I uh, mean, I say and I say that in you know a positive positive way. In I a mean, very it's beautiful a, way. right in a, in a beautiful uh, way. There is there is that. I mean, I love that that it, you think it was part structure or I, knowing that like the system in can't fail you. Yeah, I think in hindsight now that I've learned a lot about myself. Um, I've, uh, I've listened to myself. I've, I've just noticed things. Right. Um, and I, I just can tell that, that, like that is something that is something I've always needed. But it's not exactly the way though that chefs typically think, <laughs> no. especially in which I'm, I'm, I'm we're going to go back. Top chef duels show yeah, yeah. that you dominated in one, um, that sadly existed. You're the, you're, you're, you're the only winner. Yes. Which is also kind of like amazing. You got that yeah. a- asterisk uh, on there, just yeah. like I have the all stars, like the asterisk yeah, on there, like you do, champions right. of a thing that only existed. Uh, but hey, we're still champs. That's right, we're still champs, yeah. which is true. Like I'll it, still claim you it. won top champ, like, absolutely. When I tell people, I'm like just as proud as if there was like 25 seasons. I mean, well, I mean, if it's a different race, I mean, you're uh, talk getting back into the sport, right? Like, right, right, I mean, right. now that you've competed on other shows as well, like yeah. they're they're all just different distances, exactly, or different things, and you happen right. to win this show that was what's the equivalent. Of being maybe running might be a great like or a swimming. What's the equivalent of like what duels was? It I was don't know. I mean, it was fast all and like, furious. It's kind of like yeah, it's fast and furious. It's like, it was like fifty meters and like you're like the Michael Phelps of Top Chef duels, basically. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> um, but uh, like, 
especially at that time for you, you were, you were you had just come back from also Noma, right? yeah, spending yeah. some time in Scandinavia. Yeah, I got back from Noma. Um, I had opened a restaurant in Studio City called Girasol. I was like, I was working like nonstop. I was pretty on point. I think a lot of other people had, including yourself, had multiple restaurants in their hands and lots of different stuff, mm-hmm. kind of like I do now. Where like I think it'd be tougher to go back and, and actually compete. But I, then I was like kind of on fire from Noma, and I was like working all the time. I was creatively very, very, very inspired, and I just uh, jumped all in. But um, but that experience, like I think, really kind of opened up an artistic level of you going to to Scandinavia right? yeah absolutely going, spending some time in the, but so to me that's like the opposite of like coming to work for a large it structured is, company it, it is and it's funny because uh, I was very fortunate I, I was in Nama for about four and a half months and you know I went there when I was like 37 you know well, right. I feel, it's good to go there when you're 23 right you, know, when you, you look e- easily 10 years younger though so that helps <laughs> that helps well thank you very much uh, it quickly aged me to right. the man you see before you. Um, but, you know, it's hard work. It's 16-hour days, and, like, there's, like, half a meal. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about it. It was amazing. It changed my life. But I got really fortunate, and then, like, I saw this opening to be in the test kitchen, which like, I always wanted to be. And I just kind of, like, I just, like, willed it to happen. Like, I swooped right in, like, hey, you know, I can be this guy. Let's go. And, like, I worked with uh, Renee hand-in-hand for, like, two and a half, three months. Right. So during that time, you know, I learned, like, his style, like, how... I was mind sort of things. I mean, it takes a long time to learn how a guy like that thinks. He's a pretty brilliant fellow. Um, and, but, like, there'd be a lot of times where we'd just be chilling, talking about stuff. Like, she'd be like, what are you going to do? What do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. Like, right. It's sort of like, it was almost that point, and it's something I still so, actually do. So he's, a- he's asking you, he was asking you, like, what do you want to do sort of, like, career trajectory? Career trajectory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we'd had this conversation a lot, you know, and I'm like, because he's obviously, like, this is what I'm doing no matter what. You right, know? yeah. Like, like, he, for sure, there was no, there's no wavering. And I think that's a very interesting conversation that, like, a lot of chefs talk about. Is like, what do I do? Why do I want to have a family? Do I want to, you know, be successful? Where are the examples of chefs out there that, like, oh, yeah, awesome. You know, Greg Coon sitting on the beach living it up now. I mean, I, right. who, where are these guys? Is he, by the way? I don't do, know. No, we, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. We, we got to do the Finding Greg Coons podcast. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Where is he? I feel kind of like rude to even ask that, though. No, but I mean, I mean, it's a good qu- good question because yeah, like, like where, where are our examples of success? Right. You know? And I think they, that's another reason I came to Les because like there are examples. There's Joho, and there's a lot of different people that have like gone a long way and mm. that now have lives. Well, I think that's the crazy. thing. Right? Defining what success is is right. more of the question, right? Exactly. Um, and I think that that's kind of what we're both saying. Like both of us, I think you're, you get right. funneled into this one track that's like. You need to open up one restaurant that's the best in the world, right? And like, okay, and that's a, that's a dozen people or yeah. fifty people, whatever right. it is, whatever it is. That 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 goal is. I just obsess over all this creative minutia, and like, I can see myself totally doing that. But then right. I'm like, would I be happy? It's like, it's so hard, for, I think, for creative types to like really, really um, come to terms with the grass is always greener. Right. And what the hell that really means. Well, I mean, I'm just speaking from my personal experience, but don't, for me, it was always like, well, there's only, there's this way, do my own food, right? My food. Right. In right, my right, right, restaurant. Right, 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 right. Or I can go sell meat for Cisco. 
Right. There's, right. There's, there's, that, there's that for sure. You, you know what I mean? Though? Like, yeah, there yeah, is, yeah. like, there's, there's always, always, and there's nothing wrong with that, just right. to be clear. Like, of course. Because, like, one, you can make a lot Some of money, my and there's a lot of super guys. smart people. Right. <laughs> there's a lot of super <laughs> smart people that are out there right. that cross over. Right. Right. Um, but there is a, something in our heads as younger chefs, perhaps, that is I, like, that's not success. That is success. Right. To so many people. Right. You're, you're right. I think I, this is something I struggle with on a daily basis. Oh, okay. And I mean, we, you know, we're, we're just, uh, am I being creatively fulfilled? Right. You know, like that, that sort of thing. And what that means to me and how much it means to me. And whereas to where I'm at as far as feeling fairly stable in my life, um, which is like not normal for, I think, for chefs. And um, it should be. And just I mean, that, this is, is always like this, honestly, dude, a battle every day. It's like, uh, 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 uh. And I think it's part of my juice as a chef. Like, I'm always going to have that. Right. Hey, let's take a second right here to talk about our new native deodorant, Jasmine. Oh, yeah. Native creates safe, simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day. They make their products with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. If you're not convinced, check out the 7,000 five-star reviews from their customers. Less is more with Native. They have fewer, simpler ingredients, so you actually know everything that's in the deodorant, uh, and it's filled with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, shea butter, tapioca starch. It's made in the USA with those ingredients thoughtfully sourced from around the world. Their deodorant's formulated without aluminum, uh, and although Native is priced slightly higher when compared to conventional deodorants, it's safe and effective, making it totally worth it. Honestly, do you ever think about like how many times you apply deodorant and like what? You're paying a little bit more. What is it? Like 20 cents extra? How long does your deodorant last? It lasts forever. Absolutely. Spend the extra bucks without having all the toxins and, in it. And Native deodorant has something for everyone. Comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women. Plus, they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout Ooh. the year. I want to develop one I, of those I know. seasonal scents. I I hope we get a seasonal um, scent. By the soon. way, some of the scents, coconut and vanilla. That's mine. Your favorite. Yep. Also the most popular one because you're basic like that, Jasmine. Totally. Lavender and rose. Lovely. Uh, cucumber and mint, both refreshing and romantic. My favorite, eucalyptus and mint. I am a oh, eucalyptus yeah. and mint freak. fiend. You've always been a eucalyptus freak. Uh, there's no <laughs> risk to try native because they offer free returns and exchanges in the USA. Plus, you can subscribe and save 17%. Save $2 per stick and have Native conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, three, or four months. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code STARVING during checkout. That's going to be nativedeodorant.com. Use promo code STARVING at checkout for some big savings. But the struggle of being creative is where we were. Right? I mean, and try and like, are you utilizing your creativity uh, enough in your life right now? Like, I know for sure I don't want that like restaurant where I'm all creative, all in. Right. We just I'm had not one of those fifty people, you know. But we just we're talking last week uh, episode was with Gavin Kaysen, right? Uh-huh. Who just opened up like a you know his, his third restaurant right. or whatever, and now it's, he's got the the tasting, yeah. you know, the tasting menu space where it's is it called Demi? Yes, yeah. Demi, right. Demi's got a couple seats and it's all tasting menu and they're doing obviously amazing yeah, you know, yeah, Michelin yeah. star quality food. Right. <clears throat> and I asked him, that's, that's, an inter- that's, the, that's the way to do it. Right. He's got the busy restaurant. He's got the brasserie. Right. And now here's a place where he can kind of come and tinker and have fun and do chefy creative things. Right. I, I think that's, that's something else to look forward to. Possibly not in a tasting menu because now that the more I know about like the business side and the more I've been with lettuce, like... I just don't know if I could open like a 15 or 20 mm. seat place. Mm. I think I would love to have like a really like 
bustling bistro 120 seater though you right. know like there's a little bit more of straight California cuisine done out here I, I love that you're still drawing back though a little bit you're like yeah. listen 120 is I mean, well, we say the same thing Juniper and Ivy. On 120 you've been to Juniper and Ivy and it's a yeah. it's a big restaurant yeah, like the one we're seats. sitting in I mean we're we can you know there's there can be over 200 people in the building yeah. right dining at one yeah. time so I loved it by the way thank you and I was yeah. still cause like it, it was like one of the last places I went where it was big and bustling and I was like you can do it you know you can do you can do oh that food. means a lot yeah, yeah. But, but isn't and that's 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 probably one of the other struggles that you yeah. have right is this idea of like we can be the best busy high volume restaurant right it's, a, it's like a mental thing yeah, you're right, right. Because you're, right. you're kind maybe of like giving yourself a competition, you and I. I but if you're going to bust out those raviolos, I'm like, no, that's not a busy restaurant dish. I'm like, I mean, you, you, you try and make it happen, but I mean, you guys, I mean, you're busier. You're in a bus- yeah. you're in a bigger city, yeah, here, right. I mean, you just talk, talk to me about private bigger dining. food city, yeah. But I mean, isn't that also like it's the same sort of block, right? Like a mental challenge yeah. of like, yeah. you know, yeah, there's certain things we can't do because we have to cook for a thousand people tonight, right? Exactly. Um, and then that like, is that tr- is what we're doing. Right. It's like some nights. It's that crazy. But if you're using the same ingredients you would at the 20 seed restaurant. Right, exactly. That's what the that's where the line is, yeah. I think. And it's also like this weird art form to sort of uh walk the line of technique, what you can teach them, what they can know, what they can appreciate, what we can grasp hold of. I'm talking about like employees, you know, and like getting it done and you know, where, you know, where you might have to like, you know, not do that necessarily. Right. You know what I'm saying? Have uh, have don't you think that we're we're at a good time? I, I was thinking obviously about you and your food here and and Renee and like you know modern fine dining. Uh-huh. Don't you think that it's 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 sort of like the the dishes themselves have been so filtered now? Like food is becoming simpler, even though like the process might take indeed. two years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the food might be it's so nice, right? In a joking way, like oh, it's a leaf on a plate with like some oil, right? <clears throat> I right. mean, this is the knock on it. Right from the outside, but it's beautiful because of its simplicity. Yeah, um, don't you think that kind of helps? Like a bigger, like a restaurant that you're running, the restaurant that I'm running. Oh, it certainly does. You can look to it and be like, yeah, no, there's there's nothing wrong with like a bowl of cherries. Yeah, you know, exactly. No, like, <laughs> Everyone listening is like, like, you better not serve me a bowl of cherries. They're like, <laughs> right, right. As long as it's on some beautiful crushed ice in, uh, you know, yeah, grandma's porcelain silver, dish. Yeah, yeah, you look nice. It <laughs> you looks know, nice. Exactly. You can have it. And there's a spoon of caviar next to it. Then yeah. that, that works. Um, yeah, Renee just posted like his like. All right, here's dessert and it's a bunch of berries and stuff. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. see, like that's me just reading the landscape right. and not even thinking about. I it. like the landscape's kind of gone there. I, I think we all knew that you know. Um, Ultratex three would only have a shelf life for so long. And uh, oh, you just named, you just named this episode, by the way. Ultratex <laughs> Ultratex three might be a new. I'm going to see if they can sponsor. Uh, and we, we have only to, need about like you know you want to just twenty twi- grams quickly. for this whole the whole episode. <laughs> there it is. You want to just quickly break down Ultratex three or or, uh, or that type I, of I ingredient. I think you might be better at. It. I mean, it's basically an emulsifier that or hydrocolloid essentially, right? Or it just makes it nice and smooth, everything nice and smooth. And yeah, a thickener emulsifier, gelling agent. Yeah. One of a uh, hundred ingredients yeah. that are associated with molecular gastronomy. Exactly. So you're using Ultratex three yeah. as the poster child. Yeah. For the end of molecular gastronomy, <laughs> if you will. Well, perhaps. I mean, it's like, would you rather have this perfectly green like swoosh or something, or would you rather have like a salsa verde like poured over fish? I, I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know what the answer yeah. is. But like, it seems like the sort of. Um, the sensibilities of Nancy Silverton and you know Jonathan Waxman and like these are like this is mm. beautiful Whole Foods, Suzanne Gone. These are like my heroes, you know. Yeah, um, mine as well. Uh, like uh, like obvious, straightforward food that you see and you're, you're chosen things well, 
And like the more and more, it's, it's like every chef's up. The more you cook, the more simpler it needs to be. Right. You know. And there's a way actually to combine the two worlds, which yeah. is a little Ultra Text three, yeah, <laughs> and some salsa verde, yeah, could hold it's it on a plate drink. a little yeah. better, right? So you have your 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 unperfectly cut chopped parsley, you know, kind of floating within that fluid gel. Exactly. That's what, this is what I'm saying. But I mean, so that was also like, I mean. You know, Renee's mindset was similar in that way, like just simple, beautiful yeah, more cu- or less. cuisine, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, he didn't use Ultratex 3, but, you know, they were certainly... If, it, if, it, if it's an ingredient that makes the experience better or right. makes the exactly. food better, then we're all for it, yeah. right? Not, not for the sake of it. But it's our fault, and I mean, like, <laughs> chefs of the reality fault. show genre, yeah. right? Because whether it was you or myself or our friend Marcel or whoever, like, yeah. you know, then uh, kids that didn't know how to... But I say kids, like, you know, we are old, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But kids who didn't know how to pick out fresh produce. Yeah. How do you making, find a melon? Right. Are making melon sand. Yeah. Or powder. Melon sand. Barf. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. my God. But you know what I mean? Like, this is, ha- this is what happened. And then it's an episode of some TV show, Chopped right. or whatever. And uh, it, it, then, then, then that cuisine gets a bad rap like, yeah. at its and highest level. And people say, I don't like, why don't, what is this crap? I right. Don't, I want to eat a steak. Or some shit. This is true. Right. But, um, you know, you can still find great food with Heston Blumenthal or any of the Adrias or, um, I mean, and there's there's a way to do it. But you're right. The the death of molecular gastronomy. Yeah. Or at least it's some, like, it's subdued version. Um, And then you had mentioned, like, tasting menus, though. Do you, and this is a question that comes up in the last couple episodes of this pod, are are tasting menus dead then in the same same way? Okay. I think no way. And everyone answers that. But yeah. you don't. But you're not doing. You don't really have an interest. No, in No, but I mean, like you know, look, we have like this private table in the deep corner over here, and like there's always like, and I'm like, I don't know when I ever have time to like, all right, like one day a month we're gonna have like a chef's table yeah. dinner thing, and do like six or eight courses, not necessarily like twenty four something like that because we're yeah. always set up for that. We don't have the plateware, but um, I think it's great. I mean, one thing I noticed about when I moved to Chicago, unlike LA, is like the proliferance of of the tasting menu and how much like fine dining food there is it's crazy how many you know like, it, it was nuts there were so many Michelin star there's so many Michelin star restaurants here yeah you know it's it's, it's I funny. mean I've said long before even I went to California before you were in Chicago I mean it's it's hard to argue that Chicago was not maybe and probably still is like home base for fine dining right? yeah I mean you're always gonna have New York and I do feel like New York is its own separate it, category it its when you start thing, talking yeah. about you know the luxury yeah um but as far as creativity yeah i mean it's it's hard to rival chicago yeah um i think creativity and fine dining here is difficult too because or it's its own entity just because of you know they get fresh produce three months like two and a half months out of the year here mm. which is a hugely tough thing for me to um coming from california yeah god right. man it's like my touchstone of life you know like my spring uh then i get here it's like Ah, we only have farmers markets like this many, this many months, right? You know, and it's like, but like, this is where your Scandinavian time serves you probably pretty yeah, well. Yeah, maybe, right? but like, like how many ways can I use celery? Root? There's a lot. <laughs> there is, and they're all fairly rich. <laughs> yeah, um, um, turnips. Yeah, those yeah, those things work. Cabbage, those, and those are those are real hot tickets here too. You know, everyone's well, I, like barking down the door for turnips. Did you have to go? Th- I mean, you probably, and I know you did. You came back pretty hot for certain for these. Like celery root is one for me. Like I will. Oh, I'm a fan. Like, yeah. I've always been a fan since my training is classic French and, like, yeah. you know, Celery Rob and uh, yeah, Celery yeah, yeah, Act, yeah, yeah. Um, you, know, uh, you know, coleslaw, these sort the of Remelons things. and shit. <laughs> right. These things are great. And right. I, it's one of my favorite ingredients. Yeah. Not 
easy to sell a turnip dish. Yeah, it was weird, like, because all of a sudden it's this whole other flavor profile up there. All of a sudden there's, like, there's no, you know, extra virgin olive oil like, or lemon juice, you know. Right. It's all vinegars and cider vinegars and extra virgin cider vinegars and juniper and, like, all these different flavors that I've never dealt with before. Right. So you just kind of dive in. And then after a little while, your palate starts to change. And then I was like, what a really like aha moment as a chef. Like, whoa, like you can totally immerse yourself and change your palate sort of like in a way. Right. You know what I mean? Like just because now, of now, that's now I'm familiar with this and I have to get my mind to like to sort of wrap around these flavor profiles as opposed to lemon shallot parsley. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that's that. I think that is fascinating. You, you. And it's also one of these things that when items become ubiquitous, even if it's not because of the region like right. we're talking about here. But like, why are why is there a beet salad on? I mean, I, and I haven't looked at your menu here, yeah. but I know I have beet salads on my menus. Like, yeah, I want an ema. Why are they, why are they on every menu? Like, it's it's not necessary because they're growing in everyone's garden, or right. everyone even likes them. Yeah, quite I honestly. don't know. I mean, I, everyone does like them. I think now that's probably why they've maintained on menus. Stop there with the grilled carrot salad or barbecue ooh, carrot salad. Oh, that's that one hurts a little bit. That one's yeah. right, right, right. There was, but there was. Thing, you certainly have that on your menu right now. Um, I think it's more of like uh, we have it in like a legacy category now. Like I think <laughs> you have a legacy. I think, category? Well, I mean, we we did just turn five, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's, so, that's pretty much legacy, right? So there. five is uh, yeah. Legacy <laughs> might be. I'm patting myself on the back, but like at five years, we always have the what's the human age equivalent to restaurant years like if you're five how old is this restaurant uh this restaurant is one one right so, so like, that means they're like 26 yeah, exactly <laughs> no right like, yeah. like you're 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 heading you're past puberty yeah and you're like, 13 yeah you're, you're kind you're of like, like right you can go still, out by yourself yeah you like, can but when the street lights are on you know you need to get home you're right you might you're getting you got a learner's permit yeah right you yeah, like but you're still like and this is positive like yeah. you're learn you're still growing in your own skin yeah she sort of has cuties she sort of doesn't you know? yeah exactly yeah you're, you're <laughs> strange but, time um it is it is it's a strange time i i, I always say i joke that it's three years that right. at three years then you've like kind of right and i think you're probably correct and that's 30 late 30s probably yeah my the, the ima my uh the the restaurant i opened before this sort of like the sister whatever i guess this would be i guess ima's mother which means mother in hebrew hmm. uh, means father so whatever you would call that but yeah, it's three. Yeah. So and they're they're three years old. But I haven't thought of a legacy section yet. I don't know. No, no. Yeah, I've, I, I we certainly have a portion of the menu that could be thrown into a legacy section though. But I think even by doing this, I need to knock on wood. Yeah, it's just it's gonna. Oh, you guys are so busy. You don't. You're you're gonna have. But I, you know what I think it does too. Uh, for me, I know it's like as I'm less a part of the day to day operations of the uh-huh. restaurant. Like when you have those things, right. like oh, these are the throwback menu or the legacy menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a way of also like letting the chefs who are running the restaurant right yeah. now know that like hey everyone this carrot dish just, you know, so, you, just so you know <laughs> yeah this I'm, I'm doing the other things over here on this right. side of the menu which is fine because I were you you were that chef too though right yeah for sure I mean where you were like yeah this I inherited this dish have you ever inherited I, a dish yeah, at a restaurant yeah I have um, Look, like you're looking away because you're like I know that you're probably thinking of the dish well no I'm trying to think of like if that totally happened to me I kind of you know being, or, or did you embrace being it being on Top Chef did sort of like uh and in a lot of ways, I don't know if you, you went through this, but it accelerated like where you stand in sort of like the ranking of things. Uh huh. Okay. You know? So like when I came off top top chef three, I went. I, I was a chef at Gastro Pub. Boom. Right then and there. Right. So I had to figure it all out on my own. It's a very very small place. Right. Um, so that position came straight from your time on television. Yeah. Okay. So, but I had to figure a whole bunch of shit out, like right. management especially, and. 
you know, people and everything else and scheduling, just all that stuff I never really totally dealt with before. So, um, yeah, I did inherit a terrible, terrible thing. Um, <laughs> it was like this Thai quesadilla that actually had like peanut sauce on the inside of it with right. cheese. Okay. Right. Um, oh, okay. It was yeah. terrible. I mean, I inherited. But it was popular. I, or it, it couldn't it, be moved. It, it, it became unpopular because I kind of pushed it off. Ooh, see. But that's different. No, yeah. but that's what you're talking about. Like that look I like I like how you're opening up to like the inner mind's eye of like <laughs> being a creative chef or right. or just a boss, right? It's like, "Oh, I want my things." Right, totally. And I like, think that's really important. Although Thai peanut quesadilla sounds gross, really I, gross. I agree. Um, it was someone's. Yeah. <laughs> someone loved it. Someone, I, I, I don't know if anyone really loved it. It was put okay. on the menu. It was kind of strange. All right. Someone with the, the with money who had something to do with the restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Wanted to keep it. And someone that that person, that liked that person wanted to keep it. I get it. It happens. Yeah. Every car comes with its share of stories that ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date, the luxury package you got after a big promotion, or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories... Now, with TrueCar, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to TrueCar, simply answer your license plate number, and watch how your car's details pop up. Then, answer a few questions, navigation and moonroof, watch as they bump up your value. High mileage? Well, you already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you've finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Cash offers are not available in all areas. Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Hey, get ready to turn out and turn it up for the dance room on Podcast One. Join renowned veteran dancers and choreographers Heather Morris from Glee and Ava Flav as they share their onstage stories, chat it up with guests, and recap all of your favorite TV dance shows. Download new episodes of The Dance Room every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. And maybe I can learn a new dance besides just banging out the floss. I hope. You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. How do you working with your team now as far as like now being because you're grabbing ideas I'm, I'm, I know right. from other people on your team because yeah. that's what chefs do yeah we have to and how do you how do you work that process out like, there, are you like a, well, everything has to run by me and I check it off um, I, I'm, I'm like I always want you to make food make food make food make food um, it's tough because they have to carve out time and what I tell them is like alright well you have all this on your prep list too right like so each day or every couple days put 30 minutes in that prep list where you have to get this 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 creative process done. You know, we have a I have a couple uh, chefs where like I know they're very similar to me, and right. they'll explode if they don't have some sort of creative outlet. Right, they just will explode. So like I, I just was talking to one of them yesterday. I'm like, I don't want you to explode. You need to start giving me food. Right. He's like, Well, yeah, I'm gonna go home right now. I'm like, Whatever you need to do, like, but start sending me food. So you try to set up tastings where they give you food, like right. I do. I did that like just last week at Ema. Or um, you just have them give you as, as much as possible. And I think the big thing is to kind of like show them your process a little bit and steer them to what you have to think about because you don't want them bringing up like a Colby dish, you know, for a Mediterranean restaurant. Right. Which like recently happened, which is great. And I'm like, we, need, we can always curve these umami flavors and take away that soy thing and right. bring in a little cumin, coriander, and spiking. We still have the umami, still have the sweetness. 
it's not that Mediterranean, but neither is any Odalangi dish in the history of the universe. Right. You know, right. so who cares? <clears throat> yeah. Um, and we're not traditional, you know, and that's that's one of the great things that when I was first asked, like, do you want, like, what do you think about Mediterranean food, CJ? And I'm like, I think it's great, but, you know, I'm not from Beirut. You know, right, I'm right. from Orange County, California. I want to eat my own food and I want to do it my way. So I give them a lot of leeway to do what they want to do. And then we sort of like morph it into what makes sense, what's executable and um, which tastes good. So basically, you're, it's your own personal like transition to being more of a restaurateur, quite honestly. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to ask, about... ask you, like, how do you do that? I mean, I, I've, I've wondered all the time. I've talked to all my friends, like, how is this transition? Yeah. You I know? mean, for like, me, I mean, I, you know, again, that's me knocking on wood here. Like, it is, you know, the key is great people, as you yeah. know. So, like, I, I'll, be the, I'll be the first one. Like, like you, like, you had just said it. It's like, you have a number of people who think similarly to yeah. yourself. Right. And at a certain point, you know, you look at someone else's idea and you're like, that's something that I may have stumbled upon anyway. Yeah. Or that's something that it f- falls in the framework of this restaurant or exactly. Mediterranean cuisine. And you just sort of check off on it. And like, you know, but e- ego is an interesting thing, right? Yeah. Like I've been, like we all have them. Yeah. Um, but like for me, Ours it's Ours are like, huge. <laughs> so big, so big. Um, but like for me now, it's more like I'm learning from the, the team that's doing it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and thinking, yeah, is that something that I never would have come up with? It's something that doesn't fit the framework of the restaurant. Right. So that's how where I'm at right now. That's how it is. I, I come in and look at a menu and I say, yeah, yeah. this is good. And right. do you have the legacy carrot dish? <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Have you? I see there's a little too much carrot in this dish. Don't you think you're kind of nudging the legacy dish over here? Yeah, exactly. But I, mean, uh, I think I get I know where they're at. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know how how successful like my team team can is going to be and is already yeah really with limited you know um touch for me yeah here and there so it has to be like that and and i i think one thing i'm really also focusing on is um like like stop with these like you know you develop like these sort of biases with food like oh i always hate that no 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 Mm. just like say you you know you might hate you might have hidden like queen like i don't like queen right i never have right the band but i give them a shot yeah over okay. and over and over again right i'm like i still don't like them yeah but there's certain things like oh sweet like um you know i really like uh super tramp yeah i didn't really like them when i was a kid but i love them now right so like there could be new things that come pop up where i'm like oh, i didn't really think about that i haven't thought about that in a long time and these guys bring this to the table mm. and that's huge yeah and then like all right well let's try that let's check it out i haven't really thought about that in a long time and like, where your ego might say oh no 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 like i'm in control here like you might yeah. say oh, i haven't thought about that in a long time yeah. but let's do it let's go yeah i love that yeah um, now i'm thinking of like your bands <laughs> no ba- bands for sure but like um yes um like ponzu is one in our restaurant where like our team you know we're we're we're, we're you know, where, where ponzu is usually what? Soy and, and, and a citrus. citrus. Yeah. But like, why can't it be other fruits? Right. And it's like, there's one like really simple thing that's like, oh, we have now a ponzu program pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we have all this amazing California fruit and like we can work it into any sort of I know, you're homemade s- ponzu. I know, you're so stoked on that, dude. It's the best. It's, it's the best. The best. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, that, the well, best. Well, you just said it, the transition coming more to a winterly climate, right? Is tough. You're, that's what you're uh, saying, right? For me well, coming, I'm saying that you're you're very fortunate to have that lovely, yes, beautiful. Yes, produce. it is. We and um, you know, as you know, as a as a native Californian, you yes. try not to be too elite about it no. when you're traveling to a place that doesn't have <laughs> like tomatoes right now. Full. Well, you probably do at this point. We kind of do. Yeah, I but like we were, we've had tomatoes since February. You know how yeah, like, this works. It's it's. it's 
this the yeah and the green garlic season's all jacked up and so is your pea season and yeah, that, and yeah. That. it's a well that, that is the actually the challenge of it is yeah. that the seasons are so long yeah they're weird that you do get into these weird spots where it's like hard squash and tomatoes exist Eesh. at the same there's time there's that weird time yeah. yes yeah uh, squash is popping around this is our this is probably the most chefy conversation that's ever happened maybe really on the or, show or the most uh it's, you're always uh, just talking about like oh best, yeah. best, vegetable chef driven. This, this is this is it's nearing the NPR SNL sort of like. Do you like gourds, <laughs> CJ? Oh gourds, yeah, yeah I love gourds. Gourds, gourds really great. Good. I make zucchini yeah, gourds at home. Um, but yeah, it's it's. But you know what? I I always am blown away by like East Coast chefs. Yeah. Who like haven't spent a lot of time in California, and yeah. when then you do t- like when they when you share with them like something you're doing, like oh yeah, we're using, you know, figs in June, right or whatever it is, yeah. and they're like figs aren't in season. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, they are actually. Like, yeah. the, the worst. This, is, this is where you get them from. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Right, and then you show them. Here's the farm, and yeah. I don't believe you. Like, what? Well, what, what do you mean? Right. Well, that's the funny thing. Like, you know, I'll say, like, uh, you know, people say, "Well, where are you from?" You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm from, you know, Southern California, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, I, I think it's great, but there's just no seasons." And I'm like, "Well, there kind of is, you know, like there's, right. you know, there kind of is, there kind of isn't." But what's weird is. All the seasonal produce we get here in the place with seasons is from the place that has no seasons. Right. You know, like all the persimmons, all the pomegranates, <laughs> all the stuff that you consider your season right now. Right. Of like in the seasonal place that this is where true. nothing's growing for eight months is from um, California. I will say this. I'm jealous. I think that, you know, my sort of roots come through, you know, England and Scandinavia as yeah. well and like born and raised in New where York. Where did Indian, in England come from? Uh, my mom's side, like where where has well, it been? Yeah. Fifty one, fifty one point four percent British. Oh, this legit. is you know, you, have you done the DNA thing yet? Like, no. I know you're like incro- are you I'm you're like Swedish giant, or Norwegian? Like Norwegian, you're, Norwegian, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm only thirteen percent Scandinavian. So okay. um, I, 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 I've you broken still got down the, the red DNA. going on though. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I miss I, somewhere in my soul, and obviously I'm I guess I'm suggesting my DNA. Like <laughs> I love winter, right? Really? And I love like 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 you know I can't make really like goulash yeah. at home even in on a you know like as you know as a Southern California at sixty five degrees fireplaces go on right ooh yeah. the wind off the Pacific's really and it is like hoodie weather like forty eight is like catastrophic it, it, well that people don't even go outside yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. drive anymore forty eight's like short sleeve <laughs> shirt weather here and right. like. People are riding bikes and smiling. That's what I mean, right? Like you're in, but like there's not goulash. There's no goulash weather <laughs> here, though. You get that opportunity. Like I, I love cooking that food. I guess what I'm saying, like the low and slow braise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The food of winter is my soul food. But also, it's interesting. People would like because there's eight months. You know, you have to think about the, the psyche of someone who eats here. You mm-hmm. know, like they're fine with a big braised dish right now, and it's 90 degrees outside. They still want that really soft meat. Sure. Thing. Like, we have. A, we're just about to put a beef cheek on the menu. Right. Um, and I was like. Oh, of you know, course, we, we kind of do like tastings that are presented for my partners, and I was kind of like, well, like not one part of me was worried that they were going to say, well, it is very wintry, uh, right? Because I just put like this yeah. like lightly sautéed like uh, like flour salad on top. I'm like, oh, summertime, boom! Right. You, know, right. you don't even see the long cooked meat underneath there. Yeah. You just see like this little flour bouquet. Well, that's interesting too because I think as cooks, right, we just we get ahead of the seasons a little bit. Yeah. Like we've seen so much hard squash that like when it's time for like spring ingredients or whatever, yeah. we get stoked. In the same way that, like, at the end of the summer when we see our first butternut squash, we're like, yes! I know. It's squash very... I, th- I, th- I think about this often. Like, 
how ridiculously robotic we can be like, oh, yeah, it's squash time. Oh, oh, like it happens and it has been happening our entire careers. We know like clockwork when it's happening, but it's like brand new all over again. Like, yay, persimmon time. You know, this is true. It's uh, I don't we blame uh, all the people that you had met. Jonathan Waxman. Yeah. For getting so excited about seasonal ingredients, <laughs> yeah. who's just killing the game? Um, so, what, what's the restaurant is just crushing it? You're involved in a, a number of projects right now. Yeah, and at Chicago's your your home base now for. Well, um, I mean, the, the plan is this: is um, open restaurants in Chicago. You know, Lettuce has Lettuce Entertainment is the company I work for. Um, that their their home base is in Chicago, which means they have a lot of support. Um, one of my the best things I like about Lettuce is like I feel supported and I feel like you know, you know that there people have your back, you know? right? And, and you it, have yeah. departments, yeah. Right? You have and, all these like yeah. big, you know, big company sort of departments that can help and support. Yeah, like that drill we heard earlier. That's the drill department, for right? That. <laughs> all right, like we just outsource that. They charge us too much, and then we have it here, and it makes sound. Yeah, wait, we can we have a drill, and yeah. we have a guy. Yeah, yeah, we got um, we got our people over there. You know what? Yeah, you're funny. Thanks, dude. No, you've always been really funny, though. Thank you. And I have a, this is something I did want to talk. Do you feel like, have you, like humor obviously lives with you, right? Because it's right. part of your personality. But do you feel like that's something that served you well, like in the television world and then doesn't serve you well in the restaurant world? Because I am like to be funny as well. Right. But like the, the, the generation that we come from, like chefs weren't supposed to be no. fun in the kitchen. No. I mean like, and also like when I entered the kitchen, I was a big fish in a small pond being like a pro volleyball player. You know, in Southern California. Right, literally, right? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, I don't know anything. And everything I need to learn is going to take 10 years to mm. even be able to be as good as the guy next to me. You know, just because it's, it's repetition, right? So, like, that was tough. So, like, I don't know how much it helped having a sense of humor back then in the early days. The way it's sort of morphed, like, through TV totally helped. Yeah, because I was sort of, like, quick and talk fast and respond and see things. And I think just kind of the way my brain is. Um but then you got to be careful, you know, in the restaurant business because it's um, it's easy to get overwhelmed and get like you know stressed out and stuff. And if you're a funny kind of guy, sometimes that can turn to sarcasm. Yes, and that does not that's not leadership. You can't lead with sarcasm. Mm, yes, and um, something I, I really learned since I've been here, and I learned it specifically probably about two years ago. Um, just like always, be positive. Always be positive. So now any, I, I just come off as like a fun, happy dude, you know? right? And that's all I want to be anyway. It's an effort, yeah. You know, it's a decision to be happy, yeah. So that's what I've decided. To do. Yeah, you just broke it down. You can't lead through sarcasm. That's like brilliant, actually. Yeah, yeah. there's um, no way. Like, I mean, well, well yeah, it's, it's management protocol, right? I mean, first of all, like, right? You can go by someone and say, "Well, you cut this with your feet," right? Or you can be like, like you can just be a little happier, like, "All right, not quite what we want." Da, 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 let's go here, here. Right. And it's just a matter of your own mental patience and where you're coming from and do you have the fortitude to do that right now did you cut those with your feet it's funny it's super funny right right so like that's and a, that's not mine that was told to me of course so, of course I, and i recall but you have to you have to put that in another place so like do you have a do you have where, where do you get your you i mean obviously podcasting is one place <laughs> but like so or when you're when you're out and about and you're just hanging out socially is that like do you feel like you you have a like you have to get like your your humor out um i feel feel like i mean it's similar to you right i feel like i'm happiest when all of a sudden like you know there's a lot of moving parts and you're in flow and you're you're going i think when you're on that sort of ride and you're talking to people and having a good time entertaining people you know i think part of hospitality is you know not necessarily entertaining but you know you're giving you know 
Right. And it was always fairly easy to me for me to like have a sense of community and make people laugh. So. What about when you're at a table? Like, do you walk the dining room a lot? Are you a dining yeah, room chef? Very much. Um, I like being a liaison between my food and what's going on. And people generally really, really like it. They you do. Know? They're really stoked. And also, like, you, you know this. Like, if, if, the, if something comes back in the kitchen, like, it can become a problem that's like, 10 feet tall and 500 pounds. You know, it could be like this gigantic problem where the reality is like, oh, you know, I just don't like bell peppers. Yeah, it's not a big deal. It's right, just, right. So when you actually can be that liaison, hey, guys, don't worry about it. Really good job in the cook. It's just this person's like this. Or, hey, this person's really finicky. If you guys could, like, just see this lady, it, it, you would understand. Right, right, you yeah, know? And exactly. I, I sometimes I'll make, like, a joke out of it, like, because I need them to keep going and be strong. You know, I don't need them to... Yeah. Oh God, Chernobyl! Like, oh, I got to be better. Like, oh, I like that. Yeah. Very, very few people with the use of Chernobyl because of the recent HBO show. No, I just like how like you know, I mean, well, I've seen a couple episodes. It's brilliant, so good. right? Yeah. But um, no, just the the fact that like you're, what you're saying is like it's a bell pepper. Yeah. Like you know, the, it's not a big deal. Yeah. At the end of the day, someone's having dinner. Yeah. And they're paying for it. Yeah. And we want to make them happy, and we want the food to be delicious. But like all of these things, uh, undercooked steak and yeah. overcooked steak, or right. whatever it is. It's most likely not a big deal. Yeah, it's most likely not a big deal. And we can't let it be a big deal because there's money on that grill right now. And if you get sad and you get mopey, then that, right. that, that money might just die. And, and it's, it's, but, it, and, but, it's, but for a cook, a young cook, and their chef's coming back to them. You're right. Uh, you're right. It's important to let them know you, you got to do a better job or you got to change this, you got to fix it. But it's not life or death. Like, yeah. It's not. I just had a piece of glass in an acai bowl, <laughs> right? So I was there That's a rough with one. my daughter, and we just got acai bowl, and it was a little. And I actually, uh, to be honest, I think it was plastic, yeah, right? right. But, uh, and my daughter's got it in her mouth, and she's like, "Dad, look, what, what is this?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that's a problem. Like, yeah. that's a big problem, right? Like, so that's yeah, one yeah. that's not. It's it is tr- could be Chernobyl level, yeah. right? In a in a kitchen. So I go up to the manager on duty at this acai bowl, which now I don't know it was the last time you're in California. It's every corner. It's the Starbucks it's, of Southern California. Yeah, yeah, yeah here too probably happening. Yeah, starting it's starting. Yeah, right. It was poke and now it's acai, and yeah. it's like everywhere. Which is a, a, a welcome shift. <laughs> it is. No it offense, is. Sheldon, but right. it's a welcome shift. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I was like, hey, there's a piece of you know it's a miscellaneous thing here, and I show the manager, and she's like, oh, do you want some banana bread? <laughs> <laughs> And to I just that up with right. And I was just like, you know, like sort of like, sorry, do you want some free banana bread? I just to me it was like, and then like <laughs> they were band-aid. very nice, and like then then they went back and they said we think it's pl- it's plastic from the blender, and like I'm in the bi- in business, yeah, so yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know I'm not I, I don't need banana bread, and we don't even need you another need banana bread. I no, I love banana bread, oh. but I didn't take the banana bread. Oh, okay. to be honest, like, yeah. I, but I just thought it, it would have felt weird. It would have felt weird. Like yes, yeah, chewing on something. Right. And yes, you know what. That. Yes, I do want banana bread. Now. Can I have two? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that my kid wasn't with me because she would have been like, "We do want the banana bread. Yeah, that yeah, will yeah. solve this. I'm fine. We just want a big loaf of banana." Do bread. you really monitor what they eat? Very much so. Like we, when I walked in, you, uh, um, you got a buddy who's who's got this company. Yeah, right? my friend Jeff has this company, Splits, the first ever sort of like peanut butter and jelly snack. Brilliant. Um, so simple, so brilliant. Yeah, and like it, most like it's like three ingredients on the entire thing. You know, like. Like, it's yes. pretty rad. Amazing. It's great. It's like a sugar spike with like the jam and then the peanut butter 
like kind of the fat adds like kind of a, a longevity to your energy. Yeah. So as a runner, I've you had a couple that, splits right? out on the road already nice. and have sucked down some peanut butter and jelly on the road for sure. I, I had two in preparation for this podcast. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. I should have had another one in my pocket though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll throw one up on the Instagram. We'll, we'll get a picture up on nice. it. Nice, um, but yeah, mainly with like sugar. Like I do all. You know, I'm I'm trying to be. I wish I was like someone who had the uh, athletic um, or previous athletic abilities. No, you, I mean, the, you're doing great though. I'm you, trying. You, 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 you show that you know picture of you up every now and again, like every year. I do. It seems like, I, I, when told. I do, when I throw it back up, I'm always like, I know, like my friends are going to be like, here comes that picture again. Yeah. Listen, it's it's June, getting ready for summertime. It's, but it, it, it's we a good fall. reminder. It's a good reminder, yeah, it's, yeah, and yeah. it's always good for like you know a couple ten thousand likes or whatever it is. Like it's it's it's, 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 it's and bastard. it's good mo- it's good motivation. But sugar is like yeah, I monitor some sh- sugar, I really and I monitor their it. sugar because it is one of those things. It's like you feel it, like right. you don't you don't realize like well, caffeine. Like I'm addicted to coffee. Like yeah, this is a, me too. Yeah, and uh, but you feel it when you don't have caffeine. Yeah. Anytime you feel when you don't have something and then you like re- like physically react to it, yeah. that's always yeah. I stopped drinking like the first of the year, uh, January first, because I never had before. Right. I was kind of drinking for the wrong reasons, and like it was kind of really refreshing and amazing because around the time I kind of quit was when like Joe Beef and like all everyone was just coming out, and I was mm. like, this is really rewarding, you yeah. know? Like, um, but. A byproduct of that is like I want like a Snickers bar right now. Like, ah, yes. It's super like calm down sense, but I'm still got like you know, I will have like a Coca Cola a day. Yeah, for sure. Okay, there you go. That's, so that's terrible. Yeah, mine was the Diet Coke a day, and then I started doing this whole life challenge thing, which you've probably yeah. Seen what's me going on with that? It's, it's 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 basically like a six week. It starts next week if you want to get down. People would be amazed with it. It's, it is tough as <laughs> an operating run? chef. You, ten minutes a day of physical activity. So oh, that's easy. You get that, and I mean, you could just say that's a walking. Well, oh, yeah, I work out anyway. Yeah, so like it, it's more of like it's. You know what? You might actually love it because it's. What I you might said. do it. It's the structure. So like the seven that's, daily that's habits, and like it's a little journaling. It's a little like um, you know. There's, there's some meditation involved. Like is it, each week it changes. I love meditation. Uh, can it, I curse in the journaling? Yeah, you can. I okay, mean, it's great. public. Okay. I mean, oh, okay. so like you can do whatever you want. But like that, one of the reasons why I'm doing it is like you can join Team Trailblazers. Thank you for the plug, by the way. <laughs> starts July 13th. That's actually already started. This podcast will add after it. Uh, oh, really? Run after it starts. But I'm going to do the performance one this time, which is like no corn, no grains, which is going to be tough. And then you, why if you no do grains? it a couple days, you know, I got to go back and look at the actual language as to why. Okay. Mine's more. <laughs> my, my, I mean. You sound really convinced. But, but, I mean, I've done it twice already. So, oh, like, yeah. I, I lost, like, 10 or 15 pounds wow. the first time I did it. And then things like this, like, again, I would drink, you know, a cola a day. Yeah. Uh, diet cola a day. Easy. Maybe one or two. That was my sort of, like, treat thing. Yeah. And it just, like, for not doing it for six weeks in a row, then I didn't crave it anymore. Yeah. And it's not really a part of my thing. Was I love sugar ketchup. a hard thing to get over? You love ketchup? I love ketchup. Like, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. Like, ranch dressing ketchup, I I'm a big condiment great. guy. Um, but ketchup is something that I also kind of wean myself off of. And now it's like a treat. Now it's like something that like when you have it, because, you know, there's sugar in so many things. I'm not, I'm not a it's sugar in, it's basher. It's everything. But like as a, it's as a preservative for so many packaged ingredients. Exactly. Really, is what it is. So. Whenever I add it to any sort of vinaigrette, I'm like, uh. I'm the same way. So like, But like it's so much. It's mouthfeel too. It's a lot of stuff. When you start. Tickles and dances around your palate. Yeah. Well, when you start cooking, though, and like when you're on the challenge and I start cooking, it does, it is a, you would like it because then it, it presents this challenge where you're like, I want to add a little sweetness to this vinaigrette. But honey's not allowed, right? There are different levels. So, okay. like, the, the, uh, the entry level, you can use, I believe, you can use honey. 
okay. you can use real maple syrup. Uh, and then, like, uh, at the level that I'm going to tr- use, I think it's stevia only. Yeah. You we'll can't see if even, I can stay You can't even it. walk next to honey or anything Exactly. Like that. You can't even look at it. Yeah. But, but you know what it does? And you know this because, like, you're a chef. Like, it, it teaches you the natural sweetness of, like, dates. Right. Which like, is, like, I don't know how it's not more utilized. It's the craziest brown sugar flavor ever. It tastes like caramel right, right now. And you have a little Southern California bias, probably, because yeah. we, oh, love, we, love, we love dates out there. You get near the desert, and it's just in everything. Date shakes. Absolutely. But, so like, good. carrots, yeah. beets. Like, you know, someone actually who did the challenge with me last time, and just, and this is just a, a rando, like, person who, like, is not a cook or a chef. Mm-hmm. And they went to a restaurant, and they got carrots, and they were glazed in, like, honey. Like, you know, like, right. that's great. But, like, honestly, carrots with just water and butter is pretty sweet. It is sweet. And then you start, like, you know, and then we get used to sugar. Right. And then it's, right. we, we're adding a lot. I don't know. This is, yeah, once you go down the cooks. sugar road, you're kind of jacked because it's sort of like. Well, you fall. I mean, it's soft It's making. like eating sugar, you know, like you're, you're in too deep. Right. Well, I mean, what do you feel? How do you feel about this? And I've just recently. As someone who's competed on these shows and someone who's judged a lot of shows, too. Like, I fell victim to the, you know, okay, you're, you're looking to tell someone that needs salt, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking to tell someone that needs acidity. Yeah. And you're looking to tell someone that needs spice. Does right. all food need those things? Um, I think all food needs seasoning. Season, of course. Like, but, so, like, you know, salt isn't always the answer to salinity. Right. You know, sometimes acid is the answer to salinity. But let's answer. So put salt aside because, okay, okay. I, think you, I think everything needs salinity, right? Yeah. But... Um, but does everything need acidity? Um, not always. Right. Are you? Even, are you I'm a hardcore. Okay, I was going to say mo- most chefs are. I'm from Southern California. Like, right. I mean, come on, man. Right. Like, so you're like in orange groves. So you're like yeah. So you're like lime juice and orange. Uh, and I'm orange lime lemon, lemon and whatever, whatever I can do. But not everything needs it. Not everything needs it, but it's hard for me to say that. Ooh, yeah. See, like that's so. This is an evolution I I've, I think I've recently made personally. Really? And you know who it was? It was it was Calicchio. Sitting really? sitting next to him, we would you know, as a judge, I would say you know this needs a city, and he would a lot of the times just be like you know, dude, like you know, he's so wise. You're so lucky that you're sitting next to me. You know, and that yeah, sort of yeah, way. That yeah. without saying that, by the way, and this is positive. Yeah. But just like not you know, morels don't. Oh, you know, maybe a little lemon or whatever. But Barely. like creamy morels don't need you know that or no. whatever the dish was. And I, and eventually I realized you know he's right. There are some dishes. You know what it took? It took a trip to Italy to realize that like yeah, I mean pasta and butter. Doesn't yeah. need doesn't need lemon juice. That's a good point. I have yeah. been kind of noticing some things like that, and like sometimes like, I think the biggest thing I'm learning to deal with or try to like, you know, you express yourself in different ways with food. Like, all right, but it doesn't always have to have a crunch factor and this factor and this factor. Sometimes these are yes. big, these are the biggest like home runs. Like, oh my gosh, like Southeast Asian food, right? Right. It is like mm. bang, 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 umami crunch, and mm. like you're so satisfied. Yes. But at the same time, like. You know, uh, gelatinous like chicken skin and so forth. Like not our palate at all, right? Um, but delicious, you know. Yeah. And why does it have to have all these components? Yeah. Why not just the subtlety of what this is being delicious? Yeah, you just nailed it. Crunch, the same thing, right? And, yeah. And especially that, like when you're on, oh, I gotta, I gotta tell them it needs something, right? You know, what can I tell them it needs? Yeah. Uh, and like when I, when I, like I said, like when we do like tasting and so forth here, and sometimes my partner's like, it needs kind of a crunch. I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't have a crunch. Our number one selling item in most restaurants, hummus. Right. It's yeah. just puree of, pota- of of meat. Of, of, I'm sorry, of beans. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. You know. So, like, try to shift your brain a little bit. We don't exactly. have to have all these things. Or even here with yogurt, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Which is going to have a natural acidity. Exactly. And a natural sweetness to it, most likely, right? right? From yeah. and 
Like that's it. That's the acidity and sweetness. That's, right. That's, that's entire. What is that? What is the dish? The, is it? Are you doing soft serve yogurt? What, what is the deal? You got like that? Yeah. You know the the viral thing that this restaurant that. Yeah, um, not by intention. Although okay. Kara would say it's by intention. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we started like we make our own yogurt, and then I just came up with a soft serve recipe. Okay. That I'm really proud of. Right. Um, so it's, it's a dessert? super easy. It's right. like four. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, it is. it's soft serve with olive oil and sea salt. Right. That's it. See, that's what I'm. That's it's like three things. Every magazine wants that recipe. Yeah, and we're like here, I, it's like I, I'm fine giving away recipes. I, right. There's nothing like secret. You know, I know there are secrets to some people's food. Right. But I think you have to be Italian or something to be able to have those secrets. Right. <laughs> I, I'm like it's I'm gener- not. It's I'm generational. Just not. Like when I first uh, joined the company and I opened Ema. People say, how do you make this? How do I make it? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll just go print out the recipe for you. So I'd hand them, like, our recipe. Yeah. And then, like, someone said, we don't do that in our company. We don't just hand out the recipes. Right. I'm like, be like yeah, you just got to bring it down. That's for gallons of stuff. You can figure it out. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it is like you can have all these ingredients and have all these things. Yeah. But you can't make it. You there know? is a magician, wand magician. You need both, right? Yeah. Uh, I like that. That's one of my signature moves, too. Like, I feel maybe yeah. I got Maybe I stole that from you. Like giving someone so. like if they're like I really love this right like yeah. if it's like a biscuit like we have a biscuit that's pretty popular what like, is it uh, the recipe I don't uh, know the recipe. Oh, what, what yeah. is the biscuit <laughs> it's it's just like a cakey biscuit so okay. it's like and it's it's a recipe that I grabbed from like you know it's a generational southern recipe right I my family eats it on Thanksgiving so like when someone likes it I just kind of here's you know here here's print, printer paper yeah. from the back and here's kind of a home version of it and good luck to you and they're like <laughs> right and good luck to you like you're still gonna have to make it and it might not come out exactly the way we make it here right and they are usually blown away by that which yeah. is like hospitality at all costs right yeah it's not just about what happens in the restaurant it's sometimes you know something they can leave with right mm-hmm. it is the matchbook or the, i mean look at places like Mangiano's. you go home with like more food than even like eight Right. You know, you get to go home with something. Which is the, right, you get to go so home with something and then like, you know, late at night at one in the morning when you're eating yeah. like, you know, shrimp scampi and <laughs> meatballs or whatever. I think the scampi might have been eaten, but I think that gigantic side of like, whatever it is. Pasta with red sauce is there waiting but for you. But it's marketing. There's marketing happening in your kitchen for yeah. Maggiano's while you're in there. Uh, and you wake up with that feeling too and you're like, all right. There well, it here is. We go. Uh, near the end of the podcast, dude, you down to play a quick little game? Yes. First of all, games. let's part two to this. To part two this at some point that'd be fun yeah i'm gonna come back let's do it because i think i feel like just, maybe if i'm back in california or yeah or you come out to california but i'll be back here soon all right cool uh this one is going to be specifically for you because of your 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 history as a volleyball player okay um and this is going to be um i'm going to go through a, a list of names and you're going to tell me if they are ingredients or famous volleyball players okay <laughs> And now I didn't know. Also, Portobello. <laughs> well, that that would be a good one. Yes. Right. Uh, so I like you're already writing for the yes. next. Uh, you're yeah, already yeah, writing yeah. for this. Part okay. two is going to be great. Here you go. First one is, and this of course is just going to be. A, it's a name, but you tell me ingredient yeah. or volleyball player. Tayberry. Tayberry. <laughs> <laughs> now I, mean, I don't know which one. Up. Am I, I also up to date on all the current. You, you know what's great? Well, you know what I don't know. I don't know if like you're more if like if the bigger challenge is knowing volleyball players or ingredients. I'm I'm assuming ingredients. Yeah, because right? I'm more of a, a chef now than a volleyball. Right, player. right, right. I'm so, about 20 years away from a volleyball right. player. Well, there's no you're, you're not going to be like no one's going to be like wow CJ really blew that game. I uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not wor- too you're worried the, about it, but I'm highly competitive, so I'm really. Pissed I know. Off I can tell. Thing. I can tell. So Tayberry. Tayberry uh, volleyball. Tayberry is a berry. 
Oh. Yes, recently Dang featured it. on Red Zeppi's Instagram that. page. Right. What's that? I actually guessed that one. Oh, you got, no okay. You, got, yeah. you were just like, it, it's an actual berry. Okay. Uh, I think it's in the brambles. It's in the bramble species. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but I, well, I'm glad. We're 0 for 1. Yeah, We good. started. Okay, this one. Ramson. Uh, Ramson. Ram- Ramson is very, very uh, Copenhagen bound. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going food. So this is a, and this is a very popular, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of those ingredients, like when you open up a book, yeah. you're like, oh, I've never heard of this thing. Yeah. Um, I had to I had to forge them like every day for a while. Ooh, it's amazing. So yeah. it's in the onion family. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like, a, like a garlic onion. Is it a- allium? How do you say it? The, the, the Al- yeah, Al- allium. Yeah, uh, Lily. You, do you call onions alliums or do you call them onions? I call them onions. Okay. That was the thing that was happening. Sometimes for a while, I say right? allium though, and every time I say it, I'm like, I'm not proud of myself. Yeah, it's like a, it's like what used to be emulsion. Yeah. I feel like emulsion was that word. You're like, yeah. oh, did I say that out loud? Yeah, exactly. And allium's like, brassica's another one. They're all great words. Yeah, and you, you, you've used them. I've used them. Yeah, totally. All right, next one is uh, uh, Karch Karali. He is a volleyball player. Yes. A very famous one. <laughs> yes. Okay, there now you go. Now I'm strong back. I'm at two to two for one. There you go. You're, you're back. Now you're, I, think you're, I think you've passed the, yeah, the difficulty level. But Karch Karali would be the name of a dope dish. It would. Right? It would. What would it be? I mean... I think a long baked spinach dish or something. I think it's got an Indian I think it's sort of like c- Eastern c- block European. Is it like, okay? Yeah. I was going to say more Indian, like, but like, when oh, you say yeah. the baked spinach, you know, okay. Um, Lang ping, Lang ping. <laughs> that would be food. This is going to be a volleyball player. Oh my god! Now, <laughs> in all fairness, how would this, I ever know that? You can't. I don't like, know, this some is, Chinese I, the, national team player. Exactly. So. Um, this is uh, you wouldn't. That's a female it. too, I believe. It is a female. Yes, yeah. you really? got that right. Yes, no, I made that up. Sweet. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Giba, Giba. Oh my god, these are so hard. Could be pronounced Giba. So this uh, Giba, I think, is a volleyball player. This is correct. Gilberto Amari. He is a Brazilian volleyball yeah, player. Yeah, he is. He's gnarly. Um, I could be pronouncing this one wrong. Patankle, Patankle. <laughs> This is. If you don't know it, and you're the food guy. <laughs> I do know what it. I do know it. Obviously, I know the answers. So I'm also kind of like. That's a volleyball guy. This is another word for scallop. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, want to end on this. We're not. Okay. We're not. Um, how about this one? Um, Kennedy Eschenberg. Kennedy Eschenberg. <laughs> that does not sound like an ingredient I've ever used. It is a volleyball player. Yes, good. So you're going to win. Uh, she is a, a volleyball player. I think you're going to see her on the U.S. team okay. very, very soon. Uh, dude, you crushed that. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, I did like, not crush that. I mean, about 50%. In, in like baseball, I don't know what the percentage of like, what's like even a volleyball? I don't even know anything about volleyball. Like, what's a stat in volleyball? Like, uh, hitting percentage. So, like, what would a good hitting percentage be in volleyball? Like 750. I think you did. Yeah. Close to 750. Yeah. Yeah. It's like baseball, you're in the Hall of Fame if yeah. you're hitting 750. Wow. That's huge. Uh, last thing we do is something called 86. <laughs> It's 86. Okay. Chef, uh, what is one thing in the world that you want to 86? It could be anything in your kitchen, your personal life, the world, serious or not. Um, overfishing. Overfishing. I love this. Yeah. Um, a sustainable I'm answer. I'm surprising myself. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Because I was going to be sarcastic or something. Oh. And it just came out. I like but that. now I'm proud of myself. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah, I'm yeah. proud of you. Although, I, I, I hate like, uh, looking at the ocean and being like, Hmm. You know, like what's going on out there? Yeah, yeah, and that's a very um, coastal sort of thing to say. Yeah, um, but it is true. It's something we don't. Obviously, here you monitor like your your purchasing and yeah, you know, figuring which is tough. It is really it's, tough. It's, it's you know the wild west, really the ocean. 
and it's it's hard to even even with great companies like Monterey Bay and yeah. Seafood Watch and uh, the other companies that are doing these things. Yeah. Um, you know, someone pulls out of the ocean, and you know it's hard to figure out where it, yeah. where it comes from. Sometimes, um, you're awesome, dude. Thank Thanks, you so man. much. You're awesome too. It's good uh, to see you. Yeah, great to see. We you. always chat well. We you're we chat a lot via text message. Yeah. And um, the podcast has helped me like yeah. become more personable. Oh, and thanks again for help hooking me up with uh, Andy Cohen. Oh, nice. Yeah. That that whole did you that, that was, worked out? I was it worked so, out like, so gnarly. It worked out like I'm actually he's amazing. Yeah. Because he's, like he's I'm amazing. not close with him at all. So can was, I just like, tell the story what happened? Like that? Yeah, please. Or right, long story short, it was like Christmas, and I was trying to think of something I could really do for my girlfriend and be kind of like just over the top, super rad, like gangster shit. So like I'm like well, she loves Andy Cohen. I knew Andy Cohen just from from Top Chef and from Bravo and so forth. But I don't know him. No, I'm like who knows him? Knows him? And I'm like oh Richard does. Right. So I reached out to Richard, you, and uh, he reached out to him, and he said yeah, just DM me. Da da da. So. I DM him and he responds. I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. And I'm like, I'm building this up to my girlfriend. I'm like, if this happens, this gift I'm going to get you, it's the greatest gift you will ever get ever. Wow. And she's like, no way, no way. I'm like, I know I am that this confident, but it may not happen. Right. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, oh crap. So it's Christmas Day, right? Um, we're going to some dinner party and I forgot to buy potatoes and like nothing is actually open here on Christmas day right um, so I went back to my restaurant got some potatoes but on the way there I get a, I get a little notification there's something in my inbox and it's a video like a private video to my girlfriend from him saying hi Pollock Merry Christmas that was so cool and insane and An- she freaked out Andy Cohen like it's always amazing too like to, like he's become so famous yeah and so popular and like He's as nice as you. Like when you see someone he's on TV, he's get, yeah. right? Exactly, and like that is always to me. Like you know, you're striving for that. Yeah, you know, exactly. to be like, wow, this guy's the real deal. I'm yeah. glad that worked out. Yeah, man, thanks so yeah, much. I, and things like that, I can't make happen for like my wife. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad it did work out for you. Yeah, it was awesome, so dude. Funny. Always a pleasure, man. We'll do it again. Right, dude, thanks. Uh, do us a favor, everyone. I know you love this episode. Jump on over to iTunes. Uh, give us a review. We're still hanging on to that five star rating. Nice. I'm saying hanging on because we got a couple knocks this last really? last week or two. Well, for, this will bring you back up for too many ads. This one's gonna bring us back up. <laughs> uh, you love CJ like like I do. Uh, drop us a five star review and hit subscribe. Uh, you know, write the review. Do all the things you have to do to keep the podcast going. Uh, thanks so much. And until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our sponsors who make this all possible. Native Deodorant. Visit NativeDeodorant.com and use promo code STARVING for 20% off your first purchase. Miller Lite. Hold true. True Car. Visit True Car for a better car buying experience. And Upserve. Go to Upserve.com slash starving for $1,000 off a new POS today. And until next week, stay hungry. Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University offers over 175 high-quality online programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.